We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. Today's show, I have two topics. One, I made a mistake last week, and I need to correct it because I was taken in by an audio clip from the CEO of Pfizer. It was edited, and I didn't know it, and therefore I gave you a message that was wrong. We need to admit it, and we need to correct such things when we get taken in. And then second, I want to talk about the dumbing down of the meaning of words and how the word illegal has now been made illegal. I'm Dr. Herbert Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning, and welcome to The Rebellion. Well, as I said in the introduction, I got taken in last week. I made a mistake. I shared with you an audio clip from the president of Pfizer, Albert Borla. I shared with you a clip that was out there where he called for a 50% reduction, a celebration of the 50% reduction of the world's population. And indeed, that audio clip was edited. There were some key words taken out of it, which completely changed the meaning of what he said. Now, I continue to stand by my point that those at the World Economic Forum do believe that the solution to all that ails us is a decrease in the human population. I continue to stand by the point that they believe there are too many people, that the world is overpopulated, and that the world is being compromised because of human beings. That's an irrefutable fact, whether it be Bill Gates, whether it be the president of Pfizer, whether it be uh, Klaus Schwab or anybody else at the World Economic Forum. The pervasive attitude that they have is that climate change, the destruction of our environment, is because we have too many of the problem organism, and that problem organism is the human being. They do believe that, and they do also embrace radical Darwinism. And therefore, by inference and by fact, they believe that you and I have no moral significance above any other evolved biological mass, that we're no different morally, ethically, ontologically. We really have no different teleological purpose than any other biological mass. And therefore, if the world is to be saved, you've got to eliminate the problem biological entity, the problem organism. You've got to get rid of some of them to save the earth, to save the climate. That's that's true. Whether it's Al Gore, whether it's Klaus Schwab, or whether it's Albert Borla, president of Pfizer, They hold this worldview, Bill Gates likewise. But that doesn't mean they believe in genocide. I said last week, Bill Gates isn't calling for genocide when he calls for the vaccination of the world's population. He believes that statistically a healthier population will produce fewer offspring, and therefore the problem will be solved through planned parenting. Because if you don't have to worry about all your children dying, if you can have confidence that the offspring that you sire will live, you will have fewer of them. You'll be satisfied 
with one or two children. You won't have five, six, seven, or eight if you if you have a healthier family. That's Bill Gates's rationale. So he thinks that by vaccinating various different populations in the poverty-stricken third world, that he'll decrease the human population as the result of having a healthier mom and dad and healthier babies. Fewer people will be born as a result. So again, he believes that the problem is too many people, but he doesn't He's not calling for killing off those that are living, other than he does believe in killing off the living baby just because of its age and location. If it hasn't yet exited the birth canal, it's okay to terminate it. And again, the logical consequences of that are very dire. But that doesn't mean that I should participate in a misleading audio clip, and that's what I did last week. So this is a mea culpa. After we take a break, I'm going to remind you what I said last week about Albert Bowles' uh, comment with regard to decreasing the human population by 50%. I played that audio clip for you, but I was taken in. I was duped. I don't know who does these things or why anyone who believes in the conservative agenda would manipulate the words of others in such a way as to be telling a lie. And I didn't intend to do that last week, but I was taken in. I assumed that this audio clip was legit, and indeed it is the words. This clip does contain the words of the Pfizer CEO, but it was edited to take out just a couple key words that completely turned the comment on its ear. And uh, I need to correct that. I'm going to play the actual clip for you. And you tell me whether or not conservatives should be perpetuating stuff like this. Um, so let's take a, a break right now. And when I get back, we'll start off with this uh, mea culpa that I'm giving you right now. And I'll make sure that you correct it too. You can blame me for it. If you forwarded my podcast from last week, um, you can blame me. And, but use this as a positive example of how I believe we should respond when we make a mistake. Just admit it. Say you're sorry, apologize, ask for forgiveness. Say you were taken in. If you did it unintentionally, that's okay. Say I did it unintentionally, but I didn't do my homework, and I'm responsible for my ultimate communication, and therefore I need to correct what I said. That's what I'm doing right now. Okay? So, um, again, let's take a break right now, and when I get back, we'll start out with this explanation of what I said last week, and then I'll give you the real audio clip that was not edited, and you tell me. You tell me if somebody on the conservative side edited this to nefarious ends, um, we should not take part in such miscommunication. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. I'll be right back in a couple minutes. In 1978, George and Kate Tedford set out to protect Oklahoma businesses better. Today, their son and our CEO, Mark Tedford, is excited to carry on his family's legacy. Professional liability, compliance, property, workers' comp, health and life. Tedford Insurance's dedicated team gives you access to the nation's largest insurance providers, negotiates the best rates, and protects their own legacy like no one else. Call 918-299-2345 or tedfordinsurance.com. The Patriot Auto Group, locally owned and operated. The Patriot family of dealerships takes great pride in supporting the communities we serve throughout the great state of Oklahoma. The Patriot Auto Group's charitable work has been recognized throughout Oklahoma. 
Whether it's visiting one of our local dealerships or simply shopping and buying online with our doorstep delivery, the Patriot Auto Group takes the stress out of buying a new or used vehicle. And every purchase comes with our exclusive peace of mind, Patriot Pledge. You get engines for life, plus one-year maintenance and 10 full years of roadside assistance, plus so much more. Sure, we can sell you a car, but supporting our community and lending a hand to our neighbors in need? Sold. The Patriot Auto Group. Proud Oklahomans in the communities we serve. Okay, welcome back to the Rebellion. So, um, last week, again, I'm going to summarize for you. I, I featured a couple different quotes from Bill Gates and uh, Eric Pianca, the professor in 2006 who received the Texas Academy of Science Award, and their views on humanity. I said that Eric Pianca actually did call for 90% reduction in the problem organism to save the planet. That problem organism is humanity, human beings. Now, he did say that. I went back and actually read his speech. It was poorly delivered, somewhat convoluted, but the basic premise of his acceptance speech back in 2006 was that we have a problem. The earth is dying, and we need to solve the problem. There isn't enough time for natural death, euthanasia, or even birth control to solve the problem. We need something more dramatic. And he actually said, such as the Ebola virus. That's what he said in 2006. Now, when people blew up and said, what in the world is wrong with you? Are you literally calling for a 90% reduction of human beings? And by the way, do you want to be in the 90% or the 10%? Which is it? He started backtracking, backpedaling, trying to get his way out of it, but he did say it. Okay, so that is a fact. So I read his speech, and uh, he did say that. Now, Bill Gates is on record as saying, well, there are too many people too, but the way to solve the problem is to have healthier families healthier moms and dads and healthier children because then you, you won't bear as many children because you won't feel a need to. You won't want to perpetuate your family line by having six, eight, ten children because you're fearful of losing a couple of them along the way. You'll have confidence that the two that you have will be healthy and you won't have more. Okay, that's Bill Gates's philosophy. Same worldview, too many people that were nothing but the product of the primordial ooze, that we all rose up out of the swamp, and that you're, you have no moral significance or value over and above any other biological mass. That, that is their worldview. But neither Bill Gates uh, or Eric Pianca necessarily believe in going out and killing a bunch of people. It's just their worldview. Pianca exaggerated it more so than Bill Gates. Pianca actually does believe that it might be good for the planet if you had a lot of people die. But I don't believe he was calling for actually um, contaminating uh, the, the environment with an Ebola virus that would kill off all of us. He believes that might solve the problem, but I don't know that he would orchestrate that. Does that make sense? Well, then I played an audio clip for you of the World Economic Forum, where Klaus Schwab is interviewing, interviewing Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer. And I said that this CEO of Pfizer actually is calling for a 50% reduction in the human population by the year 2023, and people applauded. And I played the audio clip for you. Well, one of my listeners here on The Rebellion 
went back and researched and found the actual audio clip that was unedited. I did not know that the clip I played for you was edited. I didn't do the homework that I should have done. So this is a lesson learned. Do some homework before you perpetuate this stuff. I'm guilty of making a mistake. Whether I was lazy, didn't have enough time, or was just too trusting, I don't know. But I was wrong. So I'm correcting that right now on this show. And I think all of us should do likewise. Don't double down when you've been proven wrong. Just admit it. Now, that doesn't mean your premise was necessarily wrong, but you can't use false data and information to to, uh, prove your premise. You can't do that. That's called a huge mistake at the very least or intentionally lying if you continue to double down. So don't do that. So I'm going to pause right now. And I'm going to remind you, first, before I play this audio clip that has not been edited, I'm going to remind you what I said last week. And I played the clip for you that the president and CEO of Pfizer actually said at the World Economic Forum that he and his company were on track to achieve a goal of a 50% reduction in the human population by the year 2023. And then you heard the applause on that clip that I played for you. Well, here's the actual unedited clip. Are you ready? Here it comes. Now, I just have said uh, that you made a major announcement, uh, groundbreaking announcements this morning. Can you tell it us a little bit more? First of all, thank you for the honor, Chairman, to be here with you. Uh, today we announced that um, uh, we will offer all our patent-protected medicines, all, vaccines or medicines that currently exist in the U.S. or in Europe to the 45 poorest countries of the world. It is a population of 1.2 billion people at cost. And we also make the commitment that every year as we discover and bring to the U.S. or to Europe or to the world new medicines, automatically those new medicines will be inserted into uh, the offer of the portfolio that we will offer into these countries. I think that uh, it's really fulfilling of a dream that we had together with my leadership team when we started in 19. Uh, the first week we met in January of 19 in California and to set up the goals for the next five years. And one of them was by 2023, we will reduce the number of people in the world that cannot afford our medicines by 50%. I think today this dream is becoming uh, reality. Okay, so you heard what he really said compared to what I played for you in last week's show. By the way, the person that introduced the CEO of Pfizer is Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum. I didn't clarify that before I started the audio clip. So you have Schwab introducing this president of Pfizer who took the role at his company in 2019, and immediately, he says, he had a leadership meeting. And one of the goals they established in that leadership meeting was to bring his products to the most poverty-stricken areas of the world at cost, he said. And then he said that by 2023, they could reduce the number of people that could not avail themselves of his products by 50%. That's a critical statement. And whoever took the initiative to edit those words out, 
to reduce the number of people who cannot afford our medicines by 50%. Taking those words out, who cannot afford our medicines, is very deceptive, very dishonest, and it created a lie. And it makes conservatives look ridiculous to perpetuate that lie. And I was caught in that trap. So the lesson today, and we may or may not get to the second topic, and that is the definition of words and dumbing down the definition of words. But I think the critical point here is when you dumb down the definition of words, when you start calling a male a female and a female a male, when you start blurring the distinction between adults and children, when you start buying the lie of the left, then you're going to live in a very ugly place. But you can't buy the lies of the right either. We cannot lower ourselves to their methods. We cannot fight fire with fire, if you will, by deceiving. That's not what conservatives do. I mean, I've told you before that the climate change alarmists manipulate their data. We know this is factual. We know this is true. They ignore the fact that in certain parts of the world that the climate is cooling, for example, in India. The data coming out of India right now is that they're in a 10-year, at least a 10-year decline in temperatures and that people are dying at greater percentages as the result of cold weather than they would have had there been warmer weather. I shared with you data that indicates that 88% of temperature-related mortalities are at the hands of colder weather rather than warmer weather. So you've got poor people in India that are dying because of a, not a heat wave, but because of declining temperatures, colder temperatures. But yet the climate alarmists continue to tell you that the world is too warm. That's a fact. I didn't get taken in by sharing that one. But I did get taken in by this edited clip of the president of Pfizer. So I guess the moral of today's story, today's show, is do your homework. Don't get taken in. Challenge the worldview of the left, but make sure you challenge it accurately. You don't need to deceive. There's plenty of information out there that is proven to be accurate and true. You don't need to do what I did, and that is take an audio clip from the president of Pfizer that's been edited to say something that it didn't say. I mean, this man was clearly saying something positive. He wasn't saying something negative. And somebody, I don't know who, if it was somebody on the right, shame on them. Shame on them for editing that clip to try to make a conservative point. If it was somebody on the left just trying to catch us and embarrass us because we don't do our homework, then they succeeded because I'm embarrassed. I should not have done this, nor should you. The president of Pfizer was simply saying that we had a goal that we established in 2019, but that by the year 2023, we would reduce the number of people in the poverty-stricken areas of the world who cannot afford our medicines, key phrase, who cannot afford our medicines. We would reduce the number of people in the poverty-stricken areas of the world who cannot afford our medicines by 50%. To take out that phrase, who cannot afford our medicines, and then edit that audio clip so that it says we would reduce the number of people in the world by 50% by the year 2023, do you think that that's a lie? To manipulate that audio clip that way? Yes, indeed it was. It was a lie. It was a lie. And you and I cannot participate in such deception. So if you get taken in, if you get taken in on social media, if you get taken in by such a deceptive, edited news clip, even though you disagree with those that you're critiquing, and I do disagree 
with the president of Pfizer. I do disagree with the World Economic Forum. I do disagree with Bill Gates. I disagree with their radical Darwinism. I disagree with their assumptions that human beings are problems rather than solutions. I disagree with all of that. And I think they should be challenged, but accurately. Accurately so. You do not need to get into the gutter and use deception to fight deception because it results in you being the very evil that you're trying to condemn and correct. You're guilty of the very duplicity of the left. When they say they can't tolerate intolerance or they hate hateful people, they're being duplicitous. When they say that words like illegal should be illegal, they're, they're crazy. They're nuts. Don't buy the lie. Don't participate in the same broken means of communication. Don't participate in the deception and the deceit. You don't need to. When you have the truth, use the truth. And if you make a mistake, let your mea culpa be as public as your mistake. And that's what I'm trying to do right now. Mea culpa. I'm culpable for getting taken in. And uh, don't want you to do the same thing. Does that make sense? Well, I've got a couple minutes here, so let's shift to the... And, and it's kind of a segue. Um, declaring the word illegal, illegal. This comes out of Cornell University from last week. The thought police uh, there just declared the word illegal, verboten, if the discussion has anything to do with those entering our country unlawfully. They're saying that illegal alien or illegal immigrants, that you can't say that on Cornell University's campus any longer. So they're basically saying the word illegal is now illegal on our campus if you're referring to people that commit illegal acts, unlawful acts in terms of entering our country. This is crazy. This is just crazy talk. So some people are calling this repressive tolerance, and I think that's a good way to describe it. It's doublespeak. It's it's like Bill Clinton when he said it depends on what the definition of is is, and I believe it's the um, governor of Massachusetts right now that has actually said that illegal immigrants are not necessarily illegal immigrants, something like that. That's a paraphrase, but I'm pretty sure that I've got that one right. So it's doublespeak. It, it's, it's Babel. It's the Tower of Babel rather than the Ivory Tower. We've talked about that before. It's the elites disregarding the meaning of words. And it's one of the seminal challenges of our time. This lexicon, this dictionary of the rainbow, of love meaning hate and hate meaning love and men are women and women are men, it's, it's a Mad Hatter's world where red is a number and two plus two equals green. It's nonsense to say that the word illegal is illegal. And the shame of it is, using the Alice in Wonderland analogy, if anyone dares say this is nonsense, I don't understand what you're saying. The Queen of Hearts rushes and says, off with your head. Well, they will crush you. And I, and I would argue it all starts with little things such as the deconstruction of everyday words, simple words like green, a color, or gay, which used to mean joy and happiness. We change the definition of these words where green is now an economic agenda, uh, a woke agenda. If you're green, you believe that human beings are the problem and the climate needs to be saved by reducing the number of human beings. It's not a color any longer. It's some sort of woke, social, righteous agenda of the left. Uh, Again, 
male and female, those don't mean anything anymore. Child, adult, it, again, good and evil, right and wrong, it's all been turned upside down. And as the prophet Isaiah said, woe unto those who call evil good and good evil, bitter sweet and sweet bitter, darkness light and light darkness. Woe unto those who reverse definitions. So the loss of definition not only confuses, but it also blinds us and places us in some sort of cultural matrix that is ruled by whatever these leftist bullies happen to demand on any given day. It, it's, it's making us subjects of the Ubermensch. That's the German word for supermen, who are the power brokers, the fittest, the Aryan race, the fittest, those that should survive in this, in this Darwinistic battle of the survival of the fittest. Yeah, and that dumbs down the human being to nothing but something that will lose or win, depending on whether you're part of the Ubermensch, the Superman, or those that are less fit and you know just shouldn't survive for the good of the planet and the good of the race. It's not a biblical worldview to go there. And if we're going to be free to live, to live at all, but to live within the boundaries of truth and justice, these boundaries that used to, cons- used to be considered self-evident, sound familiar, that kind of language? Are, are we going to be li- living within those boundaries? Are we going to be free to live within the boundaries of truth and justice, of self-evident truths? Or, or if, if you're not, if you're not going to accept those realities, those revelational truths, you, you will be bound by groupthink and political correctness and those people who prefer fantasy to fact. So, one of the reasons I'm so embarrassed that I got taken in by this audited clip, excuse me, not audited, edited clip, is that it puts me closer to the problem than the solution, and it puts you likewise if you're conservative and you believe in the freedom that comes from truth. Don't buy the lie. Don't get sucked in to editing of the truth, because when you edit the truth, it's no longer true. You just participated in the lie. And that's why I'm constantly saying on this show that good education, good education, what used to be good education, is grounded in respect for what is right and just and real and true. Good education is in the business of reclaiming what's been co-opted by the left, by the lie. And it reveals what's been compromised by our human propensity to deception and to deceit. Good education should be free of the intimidation of those that want to push their agenda regardless of what the facts are. Good inquiry honors the right to dissent and raise your hand and say, wait a second, that's not what the data really says. The academy, the ivory tower, it used to have confidence in a measuring rod of truth. And I've talked about it before on this show. What is the measuring rod of truth? Well, it's that unalienable standard that is bigger and better than You or me, the crowd or the consensus. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't matter what I say. It doesn't matter what the crowd says or the consensus is. It's true regardless of what people say. Like Oz Guinness, his famous quote, truth is true even if no one believes it, and falsehood is false even if everyone believes it. Truth is true, and that's just the end of it. So remember that as you listen to this edited clip of the president of Pfizer. Truth is true even if no one believes it, but falsehood is false even if everyone believes it. 
So that edited clip is false. Falsehood is false. Even if you believed it, and even if I believed it, it's still false. Because there's a measuring rod of truth that's bigger and better than the debate. You or me, your opinion or mine. Education is about pursuing the truth, not constructing your opinions and defending them through deception. All this stuff that you see in the headline news, um, safe spaces, speech codes, canceling people because of an unpopular idea, a hateful idea, an idea that people just don't like. Don't even get close to that by participating in the conservative version of the same. Don't do that. All all this lunacy that you're seeing from Baylor to Brown, Berkeley to Brown, every campus across the nation, all of this tyranny of false tolerance, trigger warnings and microaggressions, it's all contrary. It's all antithetical. It's all the opposite of what the academy, what education should actually be. Be in the business of veritas, truth. Defend it, pursue it, practice it. Train up your progeny the men and women to follow you, your boys and girls, your kids, to be virtuous people, not those that fall in and participate in the vice of deception. Be honest, be intellectually honest, and fight for truth, because it's the only thing that will liberate us from this political debate that is grounded in us. And admit when you're wrong, and then move forward. And that this is the rebellion.